like Matt said, my name is Heather Beers. I'm married to Dennis. He's one of the pastors here, but I like to refer to him as the excellent announcer of all things announcement-like, <laughs> as you heard this morning. And um, so thank you, Dennis, for warming up the crowd for me. Appreciate that. Thanks, Matt. Um, so I had, when I was preparing this message, you know, as Matt told you, this is my first time to speak, but I was thinking about all the other times in my life that I've prepared a message and spoken before a group, and including today, that's four times. Uh, and I'm not even done yet, so we're not sure that I'm going to get the fourth time in. Uh, but um, the first time was back when I was in seventh grade, and my English teacher was teaching us about... Um, different kinds of speeches that you have to give. You've got your persuasive speech and your informative speech and all the blah, blah, blah kinds of speeches. And I thought this was really good information until she told us we had to give a speech. And I was not on board with this. Uh, but she didn't care. She told me I had to give an informative speech. And so I decided to inform my teacher through my speech how difficult it is for somebody who doesn't want to speak in front of people to get up and speak in front of people. And she wasn't amused. Um, but luckily, I didn't have to give any more speeches till college. After that, if I had any other speeches, I completely blanked out. And then I like to say that I had peace in the land for 38 years, and I didn't have to give any speeches until last year. So here I am. Um, Hope you're all warmed up and ready. The Lord has a word for you today. So, um, first thing I want to, let's start with prayer. I need it, okay? Jesus, thank you. Thank you. We surrender all to you today. We surrender 2023 to you. We surrender what we don't know in 2024. All the good, the bad, and the ugly. We give it to you right now, Jesus. Because we trust you. You are trustworthy. And Lord, I ask that you would help us to just listen to your word today. Let it sink way down to our heart, all the way down to our toes. Let us become rooted and grounded in you, Jesus. That this word today would make a difference in our lives when we leave this place together. And that we would be able to shine bright in dark places for you. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for being here. Amen. Amen. Um, I love the new year. I love the end of the year, and I love the beginning of the new year. And I, oh, I think in pictures. I don't think. I think in words too, obviously. But I have lots of pictures running through my head, and every time I think about the new year, I see myself in a Ferris wheel. So. This is a Ferris wheel. I've been on this Ferris wheel. You're going to go on this Ferris wheel with me today. This is in Vienna, Austria. And it was built in the 1800s. And it was about 200, I think, 212 feet tall. And it used to have 30 boxcars on it, what they call gondolas. And it was um, damaged in World War II. And when they rebuilt it, they rebuilt it with just 15 cars. But each of those cars, you'll see there's lots of windows, and they carry 15 people each. Isn't that fun? And um, one of the cars you can actually rent and have a gourmet meal prepared for yourself. So 
that I didn't get to do that, but I did get to be in one of the cars. And so I want to I want you to imagine yourselves with me. We're a family here together. And I want you to imagine yourself with me, with each other, in one of these cars at the top of the Ferris wheel. That's my favorite part of the Ferris wheel ride when you're at the top and you get to and they stop for a minute, you know, because they're letting the people out down below. So you get to stop and you get to, oh, my goodness, look at this view. It's gorgeous. Unless you're with somebody who's sitting with you, who's rocking the boat. And you're like, you better stop that or I'm divorcing you. But that's not going to happen here because, look, we're in this gorgeous thing. And we're not scared of falling out, okay? But we are at the top and we're surveying the land beneath us, okay? We've had, we're at the end of 2023, and we haven't reached 2024 yet. We should be there in about, what, 14, 13, 14 hours? And so we're at the top, and just imagine with me looking out, and you can see 12 months, the land of 12 months before you. We can see all the way to next Christmas. We can see all the way to next New Year. And imagine for a minute, too, it's winter. We're supposed to have snow. We don't, but we can in our imaginations. Put about a foot of snow down there and look down, and oh, my goodness, it's so gorgeous. Are you looking with me, or am I the only one doing this? Okay. All this great snow, no tracks, no bunnies, no deer, no snowplow people, nothing. It's beautiful. The surface is not yet marred by our steps, by our choices, or by the choices of other people. Nothing bad has happened. Nothing good has happened. Nothing has happened yet. So uh, as we start moving down, we know our time's coming to get off. I want to ask you to take a minute and check your heart. Okay, let's do a checkup. Are you excited about the new year? Are you dreading it? Maybe you've got your pockets full of lists, all the things you're going to do, all the things you're resolving to do, all the things you want to accomplish, all the stuff you need to get rid of, all the naps you want to take. <laughs> Maybe you're feeling jackhammered by 2023. It was hard for a lot of people. There were hard things in it for our family. Maybe you're grieving something or somebody. Maybe you're um, facing some difficult decisions. Maybe you're angry with yourself for time that you wasted or for making unwise choices. Maybe you're on autopilot from the, the flurry of the season and you just don't feel anything yet. There's a lot of things we could be feeling right now. If you're anxious, I have something for you to hold on to. No matter your circumstances, past, present, what you imagine your future is going to be this year, what your hopes and dreams are, no matter any of that, you can start the new year. You can start any new day, in fact, from a place of rest and calm. And if you're feeling jackhammered right now, you may not believe that that's true, but it is true, and we're going to talk about that today. So um, our scripture that we're going to be talking about today is Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 in the NIV. Come to me, all you who are weary 
and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now what we're going to do is we're going to go through this phrase by phrase and uncover some gems for you, okay? So the first phrase we're going to talk about is come to me. Come is an action word. If my two-year-old grandson runs into the room where I am and he says, Dodo, come. Dodo's what he calls me. Come, come. If I want to go see what has him so excited, if I want to be involved in his little life and what he wants to show me, I have to haul my body up out of the chair and go with him, right? I have to make a decision to go. Now, it says, come to me. Who is me? Anybody have an idea? Who is it? Good job. Good job, all. Okay. Well, who is Jesus? We just learned, you know, this past Christmas season, we sang and we talked about the amazingness of Jesus and how he is Emmanuel, God with us. Isaiah calls him uh, wonderful counselor, everlasting father, prince of peace. Um, other scriptures call him the good shepherd, the redeemer, the savior. He is all of these things for us. Master, Lord. So Jesus is saying, come to me. Who is he speaking to? All you who are weary and heavy laden. Next slide, please. All you who are weary and heavy laden. Or if you're from the South, maybe you'd say all y'all who are plumb worn out and worn to a numb. Do you know what that means to be plumb worn out? You are so tired. You can't move your arms. You are so exhausted. And this doesn't, it doesn't have to be a physical tired. It could be emotional or mental or spiritual. You know, maybe you're worn out by all the responsibilities you have, all the decisions you have to make, all the things you have to decide or fix in your life. There's so many ways to be worn out and worn to a nub which is one of my favorites, worn to a nub. Not feeling worn to a nub, but the phrase, worn to a nub. But all set, all means everyone who feels this way. All y'all who are plumb worn out and worn to a nub. Jesus says, come to me. And then what? What happens after that? What happens after you identify that, yes, you are one of the worn out people and that you are going to go to Jesus? What happens next? Jesus says, and I will give you rest. Now, here's something neat about Jesus. Um, you know that two-year-old grandchild we were talking about a minute ago? Imagine this two-year-old grandchild hopped up on sugar, <laughs> running around your house, hanging on to the cat's tail, you know, pitching a fit, screaming and yelling and throwing cars through the house. And what does a grandmother say? A grandmother might say, come to me this minute and sit down. Okay, 
that is not what we're talking about here. Jesus is not going to tan your hide. He is not going to put you in a corner on beans, kneeling on beans. He's not going to do that, okay? He says, come to me. And what is he going to do? He's going to give you rest. Here's something I loved when I was uh, studying this. Now, remember, Jesus is God incarnate, right? And God is the creator, the God of the universe. The God of the universe through Jesus is saying, I will give you rest. I, the God of the universe, will, that's a promise, give. Oh, the thing here, I will give you rest. He's not sending an assistant manager or a helper. God himself is rolling up his sleeves to give you, without strings attached, a present. He's not going to create a chore chart for you to fill out in order for you to earn this at the end of the week. If you've got five out of eight marks, you get, you get some rest. Good for you. No, he's not doing that. He doesn't get, put any conditions on you except that you recognize that you are weary and that you come to him. And he will give you, you, the one who's been ignoring him, who's been choosing, um, scrolling your phone and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok instead of spending time with him. He's asking you in all of your failing, all the times that you ignored him this year or didn't go to him or went to your friends first or a New York Times bestselling book instead of him and his word. He is saying, yes, even you without condemnation, I am going to give you rest. That's a cessation of movement. Why? So you can recover your strength. Recover. Recover means take back what is lost. It's not a nap, so that a 20-minute nap, so that you can get up in the middle of, you know, in 20 minutes and stumble around and, oh gosh, only five more hours till bed. It's not that kind of nap. It's not, it's something that actually strengthens you. And this comes from God. Do you see what the God of the universe is offering you? Without condemnation, there's no shame. He's not mad at you for not having the answers. Come to me and I will give you rest. The Aramaic translates this part of the verse as, I will refresh your life for I am an oasis. Now, picture a desert. Okay, we're in this gorgeous Ferris wheel, but now I want you to picture a desert, okay? It's hot. It's sandy. There's probably snakes and scorpions. But in the middle of the desert is something called an oasis. And an oasis is a lush, green area that sustains plant life and provides habitat for animals. Think of that for a minute. An oasis in the middle of a desert. Does your life feel like a desert sometimes? Jesus says, I am an oasis. Now the thing we need to ask ourselves is, Is Jesus my oasis? He has everything for you that you need. We already talked about the names, right? 
we could talk about that for another four and a half days probably, but you probably want to see the Chiefs game today, and I do too. So, but Jesus is an oasis. Is he your oasis? I'd really like for you to write that question down and ask yourself that this week. What am I running to before I run to Jesus? What am I going to to get the rest I need? Or to try to get the rest I need? You're not going to get it. Not this kind of rest. You're not going to get it from anybody but Jesus. So far, we have talked about come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If Jesus stopped right there, that would be great, wouldn't it? But wait, there's more. So the next section, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Do you remember the first invitation that we talked about in this, in this verse? What was the first thing we talked about? What was the first invitation? Come. We have another invitation here. I'd like to point out, have you or any of your friends ever said, nobody ever invites me to anything? Have you ever said that? Nobody ever invites me to anything. Well, let me tell you something. After today, you can never, ever say that again. Because this is invitation number two. You are being invited to take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, the thing about taking a yoke, you know, just like the word come, you had to get up, put on your shoes, walk somewhere to go see somebody. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. If you come to me and you say, I'm thirsty, and I say, well, guess what? I've got water. Me having that water is not going to make you less thirsty. You have to take it from my hand. Do you know what? That's not going to make you less thirsty either. What do you have to do? You have to take the lid off, put the the bottle up to your lips, take a swallow, and actually swallow. And once you do that, your thirst level will go down. So there's stuff involved here, okay? It doesn't just look good on paper. When Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, there's something you have to do. You can't just, and, and another thing, you can't just take it and say, Oh, thank you, and then put it in your refrigerator or put it on the top shelf of your hall closet and bring it out next year when I come to visit so you can show me I still have it. That's not the kind of taking Jesus is talking about. What is a yoke? A yoke is that here's the thing Jesus wants you to take and do something with. A yoke is a cross piece that goes across the shoulder of two animals, and the yoke is attached to a plow or a cart or something behind them. And the reason for this yoke is so that they can work together. The animals move in the same direction, at the same speed, with the same amount of strength to get work done, to pull this cart behind, okay? So the thing about um, this yoke that Jesus is talking about Here's the most important thing you need to know. It's his. It's not yours. It's his. His way of doing things. His ideas. His timetable. 
And um, this is not your good ideas or your best friend's good ideas or good ideas you got somewhere else. Now, Jesus will sometimes use good ideas from other people. He will use godly people to speak into our lives. He used a donkey once. Do you remember that story? He can use all kinds of things. But the thing is, it has to come from Jesus, his heart. So um, you have to take Jesus's way of doing things and put it on you. That's the tricky part. You have to get into that yoke. And he says, and I want you to learn from me. And you know why? Because he knows that we love to come up with good ideas. And you know what? He's going to nip that right in the bud. He, he did right here. He said, learn from me. We're going to do this my way, which is not your way. So you have to learn from me and how we're going to do this yoke thing because you're not used to my yoke thing. You're used to your own yokes and other people's yokes and putting yokes on other people. And it's, it's a mess. Just cut through all the problems. Please get in the yoke of Jesus, okay? <laughs> um, now, I have to be clear about something. When you're in the yoke with Jesus, he is our friend. Yes, he is our friend. But he is also master and Lord. So when Jesus says, okay, Heather, we're going left here. That's not the time for me to say, oh, but I was, I was hoping we could stop at Target first. Or maybe we could start your idea tomorrow because I've got a party to go to tonight and I know I said I wasn't going to snack in the evenings, Lord, but I've got this party and this one time it's not going to hurt us, right? I mean, tomorrow's really good or maybe Monday. Monday's probably even better, Jesus. Okay? I don't know what y'all are dealing with, but okay. So Jesus is like, no, my yoke is better. My yoke is better. Do you want me to be uh, just your savior, or do you want me to be your master, your Lord, your redeemer? All those things. <clears throat> Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, the next, the next thing is, at this point, you might have a question that raises up in your heart. You might say, well, why should I learn from you? Or maybe you're not being cranky like that, and you're just saying, Lord, I've tried everything. I'm telling you, Jesus, I have tried it all, and nothing is working for me. I don't know what to do. Jesus, are you really sure that what you have to do is going to be any better? But he answers that question before we even say it. And he says, for I am gentle and humble in heart. He says, take my yoke upon me, upon you, and learn from me. Why? Because I am gentle and humble in heart. Jesus is gentle. He's humble in heart. Have you ever had a teacher who uh, was all that in a bag of chips or thought they were? Somebody who was going to teach you something and you couldn't tell them anything because they knew all the things? I had a teacher in college in my major, in my major group of classes, and um, I asked a lot of questions, and one day it got on her last nerve, <sighs> sorry, and she yelled at me, 
in front of everybody in class. And I was mortified. And she did apologize to me later in private, which I thought was not cool. I thought she should have apologized in front of the whole world, but whatever. That was a long time ago. <laughs> but the thing is, you know what? I don't remember what she taught me. Why? I couldn't trust her. I couldn't trust her, but you know what? We can trust Jesus. The God of the universe who created everything before you ever came on the scene and could tell him how to do it better, he'd already done it. He's humble. He is gentle. And you can trust him. It's okay that you don't know everything. It's okay that you don't know how to solve your problem, how to parent your children, how to fix the car, which roofing contractor to call. It's okay. You can ask him, and he will, he's right there with you, and he's going to help you, okay? So don't let your lack of knowledge keep you from asking him or getting in the yoke with him, because he, he expects you to be stupid, okay? He expects it. He knows what we are made of. We are dust. And he knows that. But he's not offended by it because he made you, okay? So just go to Jesus. Just get over whatever is keeping you from Jesus and go to Jesus. Okay. He says he's gentle and humble in heart. Another thing I love about this is that the God of the universe bends down. He doesn't have to tell us anything. He can say, get your coat, get your shoes, get in the car. I said so. You know what? Sometimes he does. Because we can't handle the why, or he doesn't have the time to tell us the why, or our hearts are, our hearts are too hard to hear the why. And so we just have to obey. But here, he says, he wants to calm our fears. He says, I'm not like your other teachers. You can trust me. He says, I see your questions and your pain and your unbelief, but you can trust me. I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. There's another invitation here. We talked about come. We talked about take. Did you see the other invitation? We didn't talk about it. We talked about it a little bit. He said, learn from me. Come to me. Take my yoke. Learn from me. And here's another invitation. It's kind of hard to see here. But he says, you will find rest for your souls. You will find. It's a discovery. It's an adventure in discovery. Um, the world likes to play hide and seek. They like to give you charts to fill out and things to do. Fill out this email and we'll send you a 15% coupon. Okay, that sounds really good to me. So you do that and another screen pops up. Oh, but really we can't do that until you give us your phone number too. There's always a catch in the world, isn't there? They're always playing hide and seek with you. But with Jesus, 
It's seek and find. Seek and find. You will find. So you will find rest for your souls. Rest, tranquility, restoration, invigoration, revival, repair, renewal. Does any of that sound good? Boy, it sounds good to me. This is the second mention of rest in this passage that we're talking about. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Simple. Come to me. You know you need it. I've got what you need. Here you go. Oh, but if you'd like to go deeper with me, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Why does he say that? Have you ever heard anybody say, Oh, I just feel it deep in my soul. I know the Chiefs are going to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Have you ever heard that? Well, maybe not about the Chiefs, but especially this season. But um, it's, they feel something deep in their soul. It means they believe it deep to their core. They feel it. They're experiencing it deep down. Okay? That's how deep the rest is that Jesus is promising here. That's how deep the rest reaches deep into your soul. We can learn from him. We can get in his yoke. Um, but that takes a decision. Of You know, we saying, I surrender all. All to Jesus, I surrender. If you do that, that means you're, you're saying, Lord, you are my master. I agree that you know more than I do. Your way is better than mine. I might not like it all the time, but it is better. It is good. So you can stop at the first part. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Yes and amen. Jesus is your Savior. He's going to give you that rest. But if you want rest that reaches way down into your soul and gives you the oomph that you need to go through life and to make a difference and to shine for the kingdom, then you make him your master and you get in the yoke with him and you learn about how that yoke works and you will have rest for your soul. And then he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He doesn't have to tell us that. He can say, do it. Do it because I told you to. You said you're my disciple. Do it. But he doesn't. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He is calming our little fluttering hearts down. The message says it this way. There's a version, a translation, version, paraphrase. I don't know the, you know, word that goes with it here. But the message says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That sounds really good to me. Living freely and lightly with the lover of my soul. He loves me better than anybody. And he loves you the same. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You can stop there, like I said. But Jesus is inviting you deeper. There's always a deeper place to go in Jesus. 
And he wants you to experience that with him. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We have, you've been invited four times today in the presence of the king. You've been invited to come, take, learn, and find. I'd like to talk just for a minute We'll close here in just a few minutes, but I want to talk about some practical ways that you can put this into your life when you leave here. Come to Jesus. How do you do that? Well, first of all, you have to be willing. You have to hear him calling you. Well, let me, let me just clear up any confusion you may have. Yes, he is calling you. Jesus is calling you by name. He's calling Kelly. He's calling Mary and Randy and Josh and Jake and David and Chloe and Robert, Harold, Lori, Zach, Dawn, Michelle, Augusta and Prince, Diane, all of you. I know every single one of you here, and I know that Jesus is calling you. So, what you do is say yes. You be willing. Repent. If, if there's anything that you need to repent of, do it. Jesus is not mad at you. He wants you clean, and he wants you living an abundant life. There's only good stuff that comes from this, okay? Go to his word. Read what he says. It's all there. And his Holy Spirit, who will live in you after you say yes to him, will be a constant companion, a teacher, the best teacher, not like my college professor. Okay? And I want to say, too, try this. I know most of us here, I don't know all of everybody's stories, but my guess is that most everybody here has made a decision to live for Jesus, that you've asked Jesus into your life, okay? Well, you can go further, and this is where it gets really fun. Invite him into your thoughts and your processes. What's a process? It's how you do something. Washing dishes, cooking dinner, cleaning the toilet, Invite Jesus. He's there anyway, right? He's God with us. Don't just ignore him and make him follow you around all day. Enter into conversation with him. He's got stuff for you. And he will tell you better ways to do things. This actually works, people. And not only that, but you will have a constant connection with the lover of your soul all day long. And this peace that we've been talking about, you can tap into it any second of the day. Tell him about your hopes and your dreams and your problems. And let him figure it out. Okay? The next invitation is to take his yoke upon you. I'd like to encourage you, don't be afraid. Jesus has everything you need. It's a little bit scary sometimes to learn something new. 
to learn a different way of doing things. You know, I am so right-handed. The left side of my body is just for balance and decoration. I cannot write with my left hand, okay? So trying to learn how to, oh, it feels so awful. It just feels horrible. And um, I feel goofy and awkward and everything looks terrible. Well, you might feel like that when you're learning something new with Jesus. But he's patient and he's a good teacher. He's got all the time in the world for you to learn what he's trying to teach you. So I recommend that you just do it his way and get through the awkward stuff. It's okay. Jesus is fine with you being awkward. He thinks it's cute. So let, just, just do it. And use, use the yoke. Do it his way, his timing, his direction, his will, his way. And then learn from him. That's the third invitation. Learn from him. This is the Bible, getting in a Bible study, Sunday school class, coming to church, being with other believers who are going to encourage you, talking with the Holy Spirit. There's so many ways to learn from him. And I don't know them all. I'm still learning. But we can, but share each other in your godly friendships. You should be sharing these things with each other. And let me just say from personal experience as well, if you were at the women's uh, thing last year when I spoke, let me, uh, you'll know what I'm talking about because I talked extensively about this. But if your number one friendship in a real person, I'm not talking about God, your number one friendship should be with another believer. That's just wisdom. Your best friend needs to be a believer. Somebody who loves you, who can speak truth to you, not put up with your crap. If they see you sliding, they can bring you along. It's only for your benefit. I learned this the hard way. That's a whole nother story, but I learned it the hard way. And Jesus took that friendship away from me, and I can't thank him enough. Okay? All right. Uh, one other thing I'd like to say is when, you know, about learning the new things. It's like when you start a new job, you have to learn a new way to use, you know, to put your timesheet in. Everybody's got it different. You know, the coffee coffee maker is probably in the other part of the building. You know, it's different. Everything they do at this new company is different. Well, when you give your life to Jesus, you are translated. Do you know that you are translated into a new kingdom? There are two kingdoms, people. It's not the United States and everybody else, okay? There are two kingdoms, the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And if you are not following Jesus, guess which kingdom you are working in? When you take Jesus and you get translated into a new kingdom, there's a different way of doing things. This is why we have the Bible. This is why we have the Holy Spirit. That's our... The Bible is our standard operating procedures. It's our manual, how to get through while we're still living around all the people who walk in darkness. 
And so, um, so they do things differently in the kingdom of, of light. And this is why you need to get in the yoke with Jesus and not make frequent stops to target or start the new idea on Monday. Yes, Jesus, will do what you want, but we'll start on Monday. You have to do it Jesus' way, okay? And the rewards are different, but aren't you glad? The rewards of the kingdom of light are so much better. They're above anything. They don't make words yet in this life that explain how good following Jesus is. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that everything is rosy. Have you read Hebrews 11 lately? This is good news. This is the word of the Lord for you today. As we've been standing here in this card and uh, this car that we're in, this Ferris wheel that we're all in together, it's getting a little warm. Oh, people need to, we need to get off this car, okay? So we're, we're almost down at the end. It's almost our turn to get off and open up into the new year. Um, but I want to just take for a minute and say that you can't, it's not just rest for your soul that you get. There's another verse I want you to look up when you go home. I'm going to read it to you right now. Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Go home and meditate on this. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. That's like 1,400 different invitations with promises right there. You can go home and chew on that for at least a month. Okay, so there's a lot of different things that come in your relationship with Jesus. I want to encourage you to go find out what they are and start living in them. But we're at the end of our trip. We're at the end of our uh, Ferris wheel trip. It's time to get off. It's almost time to step into the new year. The doors are getting ready to open. So we're going to just take a minute. We're going to breathe. Let's everybody take a deep breath. We're in good company, not only because we're with one another, but also because we have Emmanuel with us, Jesus, God with us. When you leave here and you're in your car by yourself, you're still not alone. You have the God of the universe with you. You may exit the Ferris wheel now. Go in peace. I'm going to pray for you, okay? God, thank you for this trip that you've given us today. Thank you for the wisdom that you bring us in your word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, that you are everything that we need. You are our oasis. Help us, God. Yes, you are the oasis. Help us, help us to choose you before all other things, to find everything that we need in you and the rest we each so desperately need. Help us to go deeper with you, to take your yoke on us and to learn from you so that we can find rest all the way deep down in our souls, Jesus. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for the new year. In Jesus' name, amen.